What's up, everyone? It is April 30th, 2019. Welcome into this edition of Washington Football Crunch. I am Micah Chan, and joining me as always is Luke Monger of Dogman and Jackson Gardner of Coog Fan. So talk about a swift kick in the butt for UW football. They just lost their two most prized commits from the 2018 class in four-star quarterback Jacob Sermon and also Colson Yankoff. And we got to cue the office scene with everyone running around saying, oh my God, it's happening. Everyone stay calm because it is happening. UW is now down to three quarterbacks. Sermon and Yankoff, they haven't posted anything on social media yet. We just know they're transferring. And Luke, before we get into what the hell is going on right now, I want to know, are you a little bit sad right now? Yeah, I'm sad and I'm shocked. (laughs) I think everybody assumed that one of those guys wouldn't finish their college careers at UW. Mm -hmm. Uh, But first of all, I think everyone expected it to play out a little more than it has right now. Like, see if anyone of those two might have been the heir apparent to uh, the winner of this. Yeah, Eason Eason Hainer battle. And then secondly, I don't think anybody thought both were going to leave. And for it to happen, like... At the same day. At at like 8 p.m. on a Monday? Like, what what is that? That is so surprising. Two days after the spring game. Well, no, that that would be the time to do it, though. You're not going to do it during spring ball, and you're not going to wait a week after spring ball. If you were going to make that decision, it would be the Monday. It would be the business day following your last day on the job. You give your your notice. It's just crazy because they were each at UW for four academic quarters. (laughs) Spring, fall, winter, spring. And just boom, gone. And it's crazy. <laughs> I mean, it, it's yeah. funny because uh, uh, I know with, like, for example, the Ethan Garbers committing to UW thing, a lot of people on the message boards have talked about, like, UW has so much depth at quarterback. Why do they need to take a commit? And it's like, well, that's why right there. It's because, like, things like this happen. Just massive, unexpected attrition. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of at a loss. I mean, I think everybody expected one of those two guys to not finish here. But for both to happen this early in their careers, like, they redshirted last year. Neither played a game at UW. It's just surprising. Yeah, I thought that was interesting too. I also thought, the. I mean, do you think there could be kind of this like freshmen still adjusting to the college environment kind of tied in with this a little bit? I just feel like maybe they never really got comfortable at UW. I mean, I, granted, like it's different now kind of in the transfer, transfer portal era that, that this kind of stuff is going to, happen more more often now it's something we just need to be get used to um but i mean both of them are still like really young and still in the mix like i mean i mean sermon more so than than yankoff but you know i'm just i'm just wondering other like what what could you think there might have been yeah something other than playing right now like i feel like both of them kind of you know if you talk to them last year about well, what do you think of your chances of playing next year? I feel like it's you know they couldn't Both have probably, been yeah. crazily more optimistic a, a year a year ago from now than than they are now. Um, so you know I think it's it's a little bizarre to just say well they wanted to play more. I don't think that's quite necessarily. It. Did you guys see the thing? I saw this on Twitter today, kind of in reaction to this that. That there was a report that that Savelle Smalls wasn't, uh, you know, thrilled by the culture of UW. He, he might have saw something and just didn't say anything verbally I, about you it. You know, I didn't see it by anyone like gosh reputable. So I I was I was hesitant t- to believe it. Um, but I saw something that it, it said like Smalls had like said that 
he wasn't like very impressed with like the culture at UW, and I, I was I was curious if that was like that's hard know. to believe. That's something Why? that you yeah. just wouldn't say. You, nobody would ever describe the UW football program as. Well, the, what I I I think what maybe and and the thing is, you know, it's like it's hard to even talk about. Like, do, is this even true? I don't. Theorize. I don't, know. I don't even. Theorizing. I don't even know if it's true. But my thought on that would be is, you know, when you get a lot of kids who are as highly touted as everyone that UW is getting all these four star, five star kids who are probably being told that they're going to go to the NFL by friends, family, probably even some coaches. Like I, I feel like there's this idea that, you know, kind of being, being the man for too long in, in high school and then getting to, you know, college and then, and then not being, not being the guy that that affects everyone differently and you have you know some people deal with it better than others and you can kind of create a volatile uh environment with that but again it's like is you know that's purely speculation yeah. i don't even i don't even know and i i i am sparingly or sparingly around those UW guys and i would never have you know pointed that as something that was like a problem like a culture problem yeah no i think it's interesting i mean going back to kind of the first thing you brought up I think there's a good chance that there was something beyond not necessarily playing right now. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure what that is, you know, for either of them. But it, it could have been, as you've mentioned, not necessarily resonating with the culture or, or something that made them just feel like the next 40 years of their life weren't best spent yeah. at the university. Well and, well, and I feel like probably probably Yankoff, there's definitely more of the sense like it's you're not looking to to be in the cards here i feel like that's probably i feel like for him it might have been more of well i'm definitely not you know in in the mix here and probably mm-hmm. won't be in the future sermon is definitely where i could see some more of this being true and uh, what you're talking about yeah it's interesting and then yeah i mean the, the, the whole idea with the smallest culture thing it, it would be interesting i don't know and obviously like you said, maybe like, I don't know what the source was, but if you said that it might not necessarily be a super reputable source, Mm -hmm. I'll believe you at that. And I'm curious to see how it's phrased. Um, because I feel like it's one thing to not be impressed with the culture or one thing to not necessarily resonate with it. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think it'd be interesting to hear to him say like, Oh, that was, the culture was awful. Nothing like what it's built up to be versus like, Oh, the culture seems like it's healthy, but not necessarily not a match. Not impressive. Yeah, exactly. So, I, th- that's I, I, I I refuse to believe that, that that played a factor in it because these two are so closely tied to the hip. Their, their situations are way too similar. And if there really was like a culture problem, like the quarterback coach wasn't working with them, you would have seen like yeah. a, like somebody like Morris also no, join them. I and, no, and, I don't think it's I don't think it's like that. I think this is between like when you get so many guys who are the man, you have too many alphas, and, and I a lot of these football players are would kind of. D- describe themselves as alpha males but like you just have too many guys with such high expectations and once those kind of come back down to reality and kind of surface what's left there can sometimes be volatile and I don't think it has anything to do with the coaches I think the coaches I mean out of any coaching staff in the country UW's is probably promoting the healthiest culture I just I think it really is once you get down to, to players and, and kind of when you reconcile expectations with reality 
and what that creates. And sometimes it isn't good. Sometimes, you know, like I said, some, some people handle it better than, than others. And, you know, you have this really good window of, you know, about five years, you can say when, when, when Chris Peterson really took the job and kind of built it up to the success that's having where, you know, maybe you weren't getting those kinds of guys all the time where you had, uh, different, you know, different, lesser, uh, you know, guys who aren't as big of a deal. And, and now you, that's not the case. Well, there's a couple of general social media reactions. Um, just, you know, like people come jumping to conclusions saying that this is Jake Hayner and Chris Peterson's fault. You know, if Hayner didn't steal so many reps from those <laughs> other guys, maybe they would have stuck around. Jake there, Hayner, I, oh. there, there, there might be a chance that these two felt they were so much more immensely talented than Jake Hayner that they were feeling slighted, oh. that they weren't getting a chance at all. Any Like they weren't even being considered for a three-man race or a four-man race. It was just... Hayner and Eason and because of that battle they felt that they were being disrespected for the level of talent that they brought to the table I, I feel like Jake Hayner gets so antagonized by the internet right. it's so <laughs> he's kind of a, he's kind of a scapegoat so yeah. Yeah. That guy. Yeah, yeah I mean it's like people are mad at him that like I don't Hayner's know fault. what it sounds like Jake Eason's <laughs> not necessarily living up to some of the expectations that people had and they're blaming it on Hayner it's like now too you can't you can't blame Jake Hayner for all the shortcomings well, or mishaps but, that may or may that, or may and, not occur in the in the UW quarterback room like it's and, not and his fault <laughs> that's why I brought up Chris Peterson that's why I brought up like some of the coaches as well because they are also involved with getting Jake Hayner all those reps and maybe the other quarterbacks didn't feel like he deserved that level and, of respect and, and that level know of what? status. You want to know what also is that Jake Hayner isn't listening to any of this. And that also might play into a little bit, that might factor into a little bit why Chris Peterson loves this kid so much that he doesn't let stupid shit like this affect him. That it doesn't, it doesn't phase him. And he just keeps coming out and playing. And that's the guy ultimately that Chris Peterson is looking for. You know, well, that we've, bring- we've known we've known from a very early point that Chris Peterson doesn't have doesn't play favorites for anyone. Well, th- and, th- and that brings me to my second uh, kind of consensus takeaway from how people are reacting right now. And that is and this falls on uh, the blame of Sermon Yankoff that they are a couple of bitches that don't want to compete for the starting job and are going to leave town because they, they're afraid of to compete with uh, with all the quarterbacks in the room and the ones that are coming in down the line. Yeah, I mean. I don't know who has that that opinion. Um, you know, I just that these guys are competitors. If they if they yeah. feel like they're not in a situation where they're getting a fair shake, then they mm-hmm. they may leave. I don't think you know if anyone is considering these guys quote bitches. I you know yeah. I think that's that's just way too far. Like they didn't yeah. actually use that was- term, but that's the idea that they're they're, they're cowards and they don't want to compete, and so they're going to well, go somewhere every, else. That's what that's everyone what, that's who's what against the transfer portal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but uh, the the other thing that I think, at least, just I mean, once again, kind of echoing what Jackson said, and then like, it doesn't matter. Like, I don't think what kind of people think of them. I think what, at the end of the day, they realize that maybe they're services will be best used somewhere else which is fine obviously but what will help at least i think the perception of this move for them is that they're so young and that they're sort of a few years away from or at least a couple years away from when they were going to be expected contributors that i don't think the internet reaction will be 
one that like it, it's not gonna you know super taint the reputation for a long time. They're gonna you know lose I mean? so many followers, <laughs> both of those quarterbacks. Well, I mean, it, it's on all social media. If they transferred to another Power Five program, you know, they could get a ton of Twitter followers yeah. right back. But yeah, Easton didn't lose much. Well, here's the thing. Um, this might be a hint that Easton will actually be around for more than just one year. Maybe he doesn't go to the NFL next year, and that was talked about. Uh, in in the UW facilities, I, I sermon no, overheard I, that. Frankly, I think we should slow it down with the how long is is Eason gonna be here? Let's wait until he wins the damn job first. Say, no, like, honestly, the guy isn't even the starting quarterback yet. Is they might be like, well, because think think about this. Jake Hayner is a redshirt sophomore. You know, like he's a mm-hmm. year older than those guys. Only but one year. If yeah. anything else, it's like this Hayner guy is for real, and he's gonna actually be be the the future you know yeah. someone who's a multiple year starter yeah, yeah. i just but, i just think i think my scenario know, is more realistic that Eason might actually end up starting for two more years and well this year plus next year and now they're looking at okay well i'm only gonna have like a year or two left by the time okay, regardless though you look at the roster and you have a redshirt junior a redshirt sophomore who are both right now entrenched in a quarterback competition and then you have a true freshman in dylan morris who is a four-star recruit and then Right now, the number one quarterback rated in the country for his class, Sam Heward, committed to UW. You know, and that's a couple years yeah. down the road. But then you have Ethan Garbers, and you're like, "Holy cow!" There's a lot of numbers here. And I'm not necessarily saying that they're running from that competition, uh, but I mean, I think that it it is an intimidating situation to be in. And if you feel like you're not necessarily getting, like you said, Jackson, kind of a fair shake, uh, it's an easy situation to be like, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna yeah. step away. From I don't this. think there is any possible way that that uh, Jacob Eason is here for two more years, quite honestly. If, you, like, okay, let's paint the picture that Hayner wins the job. Ugh. What, so what, is he going to stick around for next year so he can win it that year when he'd be eligible to be a grad transfer? The, well, the reason why I brought that up is because I assumed that Eason was going to win the job this year, and I think the quarterbacks, Sherman and Yankov, probably believe that as well, uh, based on it. what they saw. And then they realized that okay, he might not. He he, he might have told them that I'm going to be here for a couple more years if you know if I win this job. But if he wins it, if he wins the job, you you see a scenario where he a does it could, well enough and sticks around, or B doesn't do well enough and still keeps the job and S- stays around. Sermon and Yankov year. leaving made me think that this might be a sign that Eason could be in it for the long run and not just for the next few months, and then he's going to go to the NFL. I don't this think could, I don't think be, Eason has that kind of time. I don't think he can he can be afforded that kind of timetable. Honestly, he doesn't have the, like again it it constantly comes back to he doesn't have the starting job yet everyone keeps (laughs) painting these pictures like oh well like how and all these theories still sometimes come back to hinging on the fact that you're assuming that he's going to win the job regard like this is all going to shake itself out like all these reports of him not doing so well and and, or maybe just or maybe not not necessarily not doing well just not uh living up to expectation all this stuff he still has to just win the job first for us to even talk about the future like let's let's live in the present here guys so the dominoes are falling right now and another impact of this is dylan morris is immediately promoted to third string quarterback this guy, he can't be sleeping too well for the next week or so, knowing that he became that much more important to this season when he expected to, to basically suit up and that's it on game day, make some handoffs. I mean, 
Luke, like, what does Morris mean to this team now? What is his value with these two departures? Well, yeah, I mean, he's an injury away from being really important. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, yeah, I mean, that that is definitely interesting to think about. I mean, that situation hadn't even really gone into my head. But you think about, like... Yeah, you lose a lot of depth there, you, you know, and not, that's not saying that Dylan Morris won't be capable of, of stepping in if there were two injuries and he needed to come right there. But, you know, in the past, you, you'd be thinking if both Eason and Hainer got hurt in some freak situation uh, that you'd have two quarterbacks that have spent over a year in the system. That's not even that freak yeah, of a situation. Eason's been no, hurt not. in the past in college was, football, uh, um, and then and then uh, and then Hainer's built like a stick. Like he's yeah. he's built like Did, a. Didn't that happen to? Was it TCU this year? Who there was one team that was on like their fourth quarterback, and it was un- <laughs> well. This happens yeah. every year in college football. I mean, yeah. it, it's it's a dangerous it's a dangerous sport. So you know, a lot of running. It, like if the Huskies are in that situation, they're looking at like Josh Calvert, who played quarterback, and <laughs> 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 to come in and play. You know, so. Yeah, it's weird to all of a sudden go from like, wow, this quarterback room is so deep to being like, oh, there well, yeah. are three people in this quarterback room. Oh, you lost. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. You know, just got kicked in the ass by this. Like, well, they're is, probably going to, I mean, they're probably going to be taking a walk on. Oh, yeah. yeah. I was going like to say, two. like, you yeah, know, one or two. Open, open hey, tryout uh, at UW. Who, who, is that Skyline kid still there? Blake uh, Gregory? Uh, no, I think he's graduated. But <laughs> I am mm. fresh off. Labrum surgery. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure. Recovery. I'm sure you'd be a candidate. They love, at least. you know, they love their six-one kind of thin-looking quarterback, yeah. <laughs> intelligent, bright, bright young football mind. <laughs> it's willing to listen to the coaches. Yeah, Luke, you, you know, check like all of, their boxes. Their very, very coachable, gritty kids. Yeah, <laughs> I check a lot of their boxes. <laughs> is there any? Is there any benefit to these guys leaving at all, or is it just 100% negative? UW stock just dropped. I mean, is is there any way you can look at this and go, okay, maybe that loosens actually, up? You know what? I, I, have, I have something room. that I need to say here, and I'm not going to say this person's name just because actually I don't think it's a huge deal, but I'm still not going to. There was a player on the Husky football team that one season would come and play flag football games with us, mm-hmm. and in a game, I completed a pass to that receiver because. Every once in a while, I demand a series at quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> so I have probably completed more passes to Husky scholarship players than, than anybody else at this school that is yeah. currently on the football team. Yeah. So a lot, at least a lot. <laughs> I am right now the fourth string quarterback, and yeah. I will make that declaration inherently known. qualified. Yeah. <laughs> so we're just assuming that this is one big minus, and I don't think so. Like what? If you you're don't, I, if you don't want to be here, don't be here, a, right? <laughs> yeah, you're still a team that's gone to, you know, how many how many years running is this new on New Year's Six Bowl games? Three, 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 three. Yeah, I mean, is that's not that that's not a bad situation to be in right there. That's uh, like no, you still got plenty of good quarterbacks around. Like yeah. this is this is a product of being in the the transfer portal era. Like this you're, is going to happen. More. You're going from you super just, rich to just you can't rich now. Just, you can't just stock up on quarterbacks <laughs> yeah. like this so and expect. How does the transfer portal work? Portal like are they just gone? Yeah, was it Sermon just sitting down? on his laptop in like business class and just like okay, I'm done, and he just that's types a, away? That's, and, an, <laughs> that's an excellent question for someone who's more qualified. I just I want to know where I want to know Sermon and Yankoff were in the same room. I want to know if they were like in the in like a study hall saying, "Dude, let's get the hell out of here." On count of three. Yeah, you bring it up. Yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. Yeah, dang. I You're guess de- just kind of to close it. I mean, I don't know. I, I think it, it'll get easy for the internet to get mad at, at the kids. 
I don't think we need to do we that already, necessarily. Yeah. We already know UW or Husky Twitter is already very good at getting angry at, at, at the Huskies yeah. for, for all the wrong reasons. So Yeah, if there's one thing that doing media for four years at the UW has taught me, that it's it's just now really hard to take anything personally, you know, or like to get mad at kids. So Oh, yeah. Yeah, hopefully everyone can can get behind them in this move and be excited about the future of the room, even though they just lost two pretty darn good pieces. I, I think there was like an Onion article, or like a YouTube parody of like grown men yells at 19-year-old kid for not choosing his school or something like that. Like getting mad at <laughs> getting mad at kids because they want to do something all a better their career. Unfortunately, that happens literally every day in college sports. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, so uh, a couple feel good stories from this past weekend: uh, NFL draft, first rounders. These are actually two great. Like, I mean, if you want to talk about making a movie, you could easily make one on Andre Dillard and also Caleb McGarry. Which one do you guys feel like was the better feel good story from the first round? McGarry. I think easy. Easy, McGarry. Do you, do you think the reaction was? How does how does how does Andre Dillard even make an argument for a better feel good story? Well, you know, I hate this narrative, but him being a two hundred and forty pound shrimp, and now he's a first round pick. His dad was still his dad played college football. <laughs> I, I I think did Mitch Dillard play in the NFL? I think he'd played in the NFL. Don't quote me on that. Um, I could look that up, but I'm not going to. I like the the genetics were there to from to, to begin with. Kids with 240 pound frame, like go. I saw a tweet like looking at the the top talent, uh, the top offensive lineman talent or tackle talent, and that Jonah, the Jonah uh, Williams, Williams yeah. Jonah Williams kid out of out of uh, Alabama, he was also a 240 pound kid out of high school. Like so many of the tackles are 240 pounds okay, out of high school. Let, let I don't know. The, I don't change. know where we got this idea that a lot of these tackles aren't. In they, high school, at 240, 250 pounds, I think in twenty nineteen, there's a lot more lie. tackles. A- <laughs> they constantly lie, just like the skill positions say they run four fours. They just say they're two hundred ninety pounds because it, it just feels right. It, it looks better. the The optics are there. It's the same deal. These kids, you know. I'm gonna change the question. Which one had a better reaction? Like, who got the bigger reaction? Who got the more fanfare? The more love? from uh, fans and media and, and, and local and, and community as well because these guys are both from Washington. You know, Andre Diller from Woodenville and uh, Caleb McGarry from Fife. I mean, who got the better reaction? This will be a little foreshadowing with this answer, but I think Caleb McGarry might have gotten more fanfare. But I yeah. think just straight up love was probably Andre Dillard. Mm, those yeah. sound just well, like the same that, thing, well, Luke. <laughs> well, no, I think maybe, maybe yes. Fan interaction or fan reaction maybe. Maybe there was more like love. I think this is kind of a ridiculous question because obviously both got a lot of love from their respective teams. Just yeah, yeah we just, should make them compete with each other. <laughs> yeah, but who was I more mean, liked? You know, Andre was the only Cougar who was expected to go in the first day. You know, yeah. like well, it's too, there was definitely I mean, more anticipation for that for him. When was last? Wa- like I know Washington's. This was Washington's first first round offensive lineman since I was two years old. Yeah, I, was one, I hadn't quite turned he, two yet. He is he is the first offensive lineman to ever go in the first round for Washington State. Yeah, so that's really cool. And yeah. the fact that both of them have really cool stories that you can get behind. It's a good it's a good time to be talking Washington football. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yeah. that is true. 
I, I liked how Andre – I mean, I'll be totally biased and say I like – because Andre Dillard, you know, former teammate, former Woodenville Well, yes, Falcon. he went yeah. to your alma mater. No, no, of course he He was wearing a WSU and Woodenville pin on the stage. Is that common for NFL draft? I don't I don't know. I thought that was cool. I, I, I like that. I like seeing the the local schools on the, uh, on the yeah, I think, interview stage. I mean, yeah, has he done some nice – like, I don't know if you guys saw he – he like uh, autographed his, his draft helmet. day helmet, yep. and, and all the proceeds are going to Woodville. Like there are definitely some nice not, things. Not that Woodville needs it. Both <laughs> parties, but I'm saying if you're gonna make a movie out oh, of one yeah. of these guys, oh, the kid, McGill, yeah. the, ki- the kid's right family now. lost everything. Like, yeah. damn it, he lost his farm. <laughs> what? Yeah, and he's what had heart more? Yeah, surgery already like so many times. Yeah, his family. What lost more adversity does he need to face to oh get a movie? Gosh, at he least in a book. At least if if Michael Lewis isn't calling him soon. Yeah. Then, then there's then there's something should be something is wrong. The Kevin McGarry story it should be 100 percent feel good, but right after he got drafted, a ratchet piece of journalism and I use that term lightly. Journalism, I'm very generous with that. Uh, they came out uh, from the oh, Atlanta Journal. Constant- lightly, I thought you were referring to ratchet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was I was gonna say that too, but uh, okay. Well, I, I'm just br- interesting I, word interesting word choice to use for an article, but okay. Well, and, and I'm saying that the, the I don't really want to call it journalism, but. Uh, and so there was an anonymous uh, AFC executive, and th- this is what they said uh, to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. The tackle has been socially awkward, which, by the way, that's an awkward way to start your your way to describe Caleb McGarry, the tackle. I mean, it's going to be a stretch for him coming in, and because he's not a bad kid, he's just socially awkward. He's from a small country town. He just struggles. He's going to struggle like in a big like right city for a while. And yeah, he's also been in Seattle for five years. He's been in Seattle for five years, but I'll continue here. He's done some stuff that's just been socially awkward. You you know how one day they play country music and one day they play R&B in the weight room. It was country day and one of the blacks, holy crap, I can't believe I just yeah, said that. Right. I know, I was going to say, he's talking about you socially re- awkward. Yeah, you <laughs> read you read cow. that quote and you're just like, oh my God, like you struggle <laughs> yeah. reading it out everybody, loud. Everybody who's read that quote has cringed so hard. Yeah. I still can't get, like I just still, yeah. it still hits me. Like, it's honestly kind of disgusting. Like it's kind yeah. of a, it's kind oh, of yeah, a it's shit human being. Yeah, it's, like, yeah. Like who, like. Scum of the earth. Especially when you're like, when you're a person who's like, your profession is evaluating talent at in in professional right. football and, and the where you're around right. you know you're around a lot of black people you're around a lot of white people like to be referring to players like that like they're you know uh, just so sheep bad. it's like, very demeaning it's very yeah. it's very inappropriate i mean he on got, a number of levels but so, continue so he got pissed off Caleb McGarry and cut the cord to the whole speaker system in the weight room all of the whites and blacks are pissed off. Okay, I'll stop there. Just say all the his teammates are pissed off yeah. at him because yeah. they couldn't listen to any music. Socially awkward stuff. Not racist. He just has to grow up. Uh, you said that your brother was there or something like that. Like yes. he had his own. So take I have on it. heard. I have heard the story being been told on multiple occasions, and, and I'd <laughs> like to. I'd like to run through the different times Wait. that I've heard this story just to kind of paint the context of the situation because obviously I was not there. Yeah. Um. But I feel like I do have like a good kind of insight on the situation. Yeah, so I remember the day that my brother came because he, you know, he's a freshman. I was still in high school at the time. Uh, he came back home and said, "You're not even gonna believe like what, like what I just saw at practice." And he told me that story, 
but he didn't, you know, like this f- massive freshman. I mean, he's bigger than everyone. His name is Caleb <laughs> McGarry. And <clears throat> it was White Boy Wednesday. We play country all the time. And he, you know, took his, took his, uh, like a Swiss Army knife and, and, and walked over and just cut the ox cord. And, like, it was a very, like, serious, like, you know, feel to it like it wasn't like everyone it was, was serious just, it wasn't just like burst out laughing yeah oh, I no thought it was burst out no laughing. it was no it was like That's se- how it was I like serious it a burst out laughing thing millions of times in my head yeah but i mean it was serious and people were like uh, from my understanding of this people were offended at the time but like it didn't take that long after to realize like how hilarious of a moment that this was like no one was hating on Caleb McGarry like after is, is my understanding of it. And now this is, this is uh, my brother's favorite story uh, from what, from his time playing football at the university of Washington. Well, at least that's what he has told. That me. sounded terribly awkward to begin with though. When there's this kind of silence, he cuts the cord. He freshman, nobody really knows his personality. Well, I just think, I, I mean, just the idea of it, this freshman looking at this entire team and saying, this is my team now. Yeah. <laughs> I own this room now. I don't know who I don't know who was in I don't know who was in charge before, but I'm in charge now. And I I mean I think everyone that <laughs> played with and, and you know obviously I I've I've only talked to a couple people about this story specifically that that were actually there, but I mean everyone who talks about it now loves that story. Um and no one holds McGarry against. And I feel like f- from the teammate side of it they just see a guy who just doesn't care what other people think, and he's going to be himself. He's going to be authentic, and I th- I feel like that's what you want out of a teammate. Well, the rule the so, rules say country music on White Boy Wednesday. <laughs> well, and that's the thing is, do I in in the report do I think he was wrong in, in uh, his perception of, of or, or or the response to that situation? Like, I don't think that was like he he did kind of take he did miss the context of the situation that 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 sentiment was very short-lived but um you know i i think to try and use that as fuel as to why he was a bad pick is obviously ridiculous and and at the end of the day it happened like a half a decade ago it happened yeah people weren't he was four years ago he was a different he was a different person and not that that matters but well no he's a new person entirely it entirely does matter of of him being a different person that he was a freshman yeah he was a freshman in a locker room full of upperclassmen, and and who knows who played that music? You know, thinking he was, you know, he's an upperclass, he can do whatever he wants, and some freshman who's bigger than everyone, and no one is going to tell him off, goes and cuts the ox. Like that's just that's just a brilliant. Moment. It's not too expensive to replace an ox. That is a cord, right? brilliant moment when, when, in my when, opinion. I, he wasn't like cutting a piece of an that is a multi-million dollar athletic program. I don't think, yeah. There's no problems with it. I, I, I love it. I feel like most people <laughs> who were there love it now. Um, and I don't know, even hearing about it now, like even when you listen to that, that you know, anonymous source, like paint it in the ugliest picture it can be as, it still yeah. sounds like you're so like, that sounds like that could be pretty damn hilarious. Like if, if provided you didn't explain it like, we're living in eighteen six in the eighteen sixties, like you know. So yeah, yeah, that's that's my take on it. It's funny to hear that it's different than like I totally imagined it. Like people were like bantering about like oh it's it like it has to be country music on Wednesdays, and like like someone goes and plays 
different music and like people are kind of like laughing and arguing about it and Caleb McGarry just walks up there and like rips out his knife and cuts the cord and people die. Yeah, so, and, and, and while yeah, he's I don't doing think it, it I don't think it was like that, but I feel <laughs> like I mean, you know, again, there's 105 guys in that locker room. So like there's different reactions from everyone and, and maybe because my brother was a freshman, just like being there, just seeing that could have left him like pretty wide-eyed. So like maybe it was a little more like funny than than my brother had initially oh, just like to do that portrayed as a freshman, it. Though, too, I know, so right? Amazing. Oh, as a freshman, <laughs> oh my gosh, that's just un. That's unbelievable. I don't know how someone like a, a, a like anyone who's involved in NFL personnel couldn't hear that and just be like, "Yep, that's our guy." Like, I want, <laughs> I want that guy. <laughs> so his quarterback Jake Browning, he just signed the biggest record yeah. guarantee for an undrafted free agent, one hundred forty thousand dollars, and. Correct me if I'm wrong. When you go signing when, bonus, when, signing bonus, yeah, yeah, yes. he's, he's guaranteed to get that much. Is it basically just uh, Browning went to the team that was going to pay the most for his services, and the Vikings wanted him so bad that they were willing to outbid every other team just to get him on the roster? I don't know. I mean, the thing that was surprising to me is this happened like what an hour after the draft. Yeah. So this had to have been in the works. You know what I mean? Oh, no, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think that he, for whatever reason, had developed some sort of relationship with the Vikings coaching staff enough that they knew, like, hey, if you don't get drafted, like, we want you really bad. And I think they probably were just planning on giving him an offer that he wouldn't refuse. Yeah. And well, one way to do that is giving him the most guaranteed money that an undrafted free agent has ever seen. Yeah. Well, I think also, like, because there's that amount of money on the table, you had to have a pretty good idea that he wasn't going to get like, I feel like yeah. everyone probably knew he was not going to get drafted. And, and considering you know, what kind of quarterbacks you had left, you know, you have the Tyree Jackson, who was from Buffalo, who was a mm-hmm. huge project guy. And then, you know, Brett Rippon too, which could have oh, been, poor guy. He didn't get, dra- he didn't been, get no, he, he did. He signed with the Broncos. Oh, Bron- so, that's right. Yeah, so Denver, staying yeah. and, you know, going to Denver, that's probably, that's a good fit for him. Mm-hmm. But, um, the fact that there was so much money on the table suggests that there he was fielding quite a few offers, mm-hmm. and and that there was somewhat of a bidding war. Yeah, but it's also interesting about it is you know Minnesota may have not necessarily been his best fit. What he thought well, was his best fit. It's a nice yeah, fit. Well, no, I was thinking it's a good fit. I don't think it's a bad fit. I'm just saying with that kind of money as an undrafted free agent, like. Forget about fit. Go yeah. get the hundred forty thousand. <laughs> like you're not even. Oh, yeah. You don't. No, you're not even you don't for sure. You're gonna make a roster. Yeah. Go but take the here's money. The thing though, in terms of being best fit, maybe or maybe not. But one thing that's interesting to me is looking right now at the Vikings roster. The two other quarterbacks that aren't Kirk Cousins on the roster right now are Kyle Slaughter, an undrafted free agent, uh, from either twenty seventeen. Yeah, I think from two thousand seventeen, who's been on. So he was originally signed by the Broncos, got waived, joined the practice squad in Minnesota, and I think he's been there for two years, right? So a guy that at least has been in the system, but they don't have any sort of financial commitment to him, and it's not like he's played any yeah, NFL He's games. a no-namer, yeah. <laughs> right, exactly. And then the other guy, Sean Mannion, who, guess what Gross. his guaranteed money is this year? He just signed a new contract for $800,000. Yeah, six his figures. Guaranteed money, his guaranteed money is $90,000. Yeah. Which is interesting. So, they have more guaranteed money going to Jake Browning than Sean Mannion, well, but it would cost them more to keep Sean Mannion. You know what I mean? 
So yeah. Jake Browning financially has a leg up on both of those other quarterbacks. So like yeah. I I think if it works out the way that the Vikings want it to. I mean, it sounds the Vikings like, have no they're choice. They're paying money at Jake Browning for no reason. They want him to be their backup. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. First of all, hundred forty thousand is nothing, but they're paying their starter eighty four million dollars <laughs> right now. So they don't yeah. have a choice but to sign these like low six figure, yeah. no name contributors. And if, if they think Browning can be a backup for literally a dime. That's a good investment because they, well, need, they, and, they have and to do that. Regardless, you you figure he's going to at least have a practice squad spot. You know, like if you're going to make that kind of investment, a record, a record kind of investment to a an undrafted free agent, you at least figure he's he's got a spot. And, and furthermore, not necessarily related to the finances of his situation. When I heard about that deal, I just kind of smiled and thought of you, Luke, because I, yeah. I I just imagine. All of the the haters oh who are like, my. of course, <laughs> not getting drafted. Like, you know, he's of course he's he's a, he's an average quarterback. We've always known this, and goes out and signs like yeah. the record oh, undrafted so free agent deal, where it was just like, of course he wasn't going to get drafted. I think everyone knew he wasn't going to get drafted, but he is in fact a good quarterback, and the Vikings were willing to put the yeah, money on the table to prove it. <laughs> I, I just loved it. I was dying. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, no, it's funny. I mean, every yeah, everyone who knows who Jake Browning is and also happens to know who I am, which isn't that many people, but the, all of them, <laughs> it's enough. It's enough. It's yeah. enough. All of them texted me after the draft. They're like, Haha. And then, yeah, I have like a, a group chat with some friends from high school that were like, Oh, I can't wait for Jake not to get drafted and like laughing at me. And then Jude tweets out $140,000 guaranteed most ever by an un, like undrafted free agent. I, I screenshot that t- t- uh, tweet and send it in there. Once a record setting quarterback, always a record setting. <laughs> <laughs> go get, go get your money, Jake. Go get your money. I love it. I love it. Kirk Cousins, he's becoming an old man. He's turning 31 this summer and he's going to be 33 when his contract expires in Minnesota. So he might be too. It's just, I mean, that's just crazy to say because wasn't he drafted in the same class as like Russell Wilson? Yeah. I, I, I guess. Well, what's also. That's actually crazy old, man, because Russell the, was yeah. old too. See, the thing, but the thing is with quarterbacks like that who get like late round quarterbacks and stuff, or and, and I guess undrafted free agent quarterbacks, the, the likelihood that you end up being, if you are, end up, if you do end up being a starter, the likelihood that you end up as a starter with that team is is pretty small you know usually you end up somewhere else in in a trade something like that someone who's looking for a court after proving yourself as as the the steady backup so So, i mean not to say he couldn't start obviously you know tony romo would be the mm -hmm. the prime undrafted free agent example to start for the team that took him but well what's funny is um and, and this is Mike, I'm going to make a reference to a guy we both know here. Ethan Young, right? Is I love that guy. guy. Yeah, Jackson, you know all, Ethan too. Do I? UCLA. He's from he's from Woodinville. He's now the director of recruiting at UCLA. Play like play like basketball for Woodinville, not yeah. like for the varsity team. Well, but well, anyways, this is kind of <laughs> a long winded story yeah. here. But he used to do some sort of n- not only draft analysis, but just a ton of NFL analysis. Um, and, and I can't remember. He was on. Either NFL Live or Sports Center or something. There's NFL Network. It was there. yeah, and he uh, they they asked him who's a really underrated player in the game, and then they said, okay, who's the most overrated player in Ooh. the game? And he said he said Kirk Cousins, and he said not necessarily because he's a like not a good player, but his numbers are better 
than they suggest uh, just because he's like a product of the system, blah, blah, blah. And explaining. And then now I'm looking at uh, Kirk Cousins' like combine uh, profile here from before he was drafted. And they're talking about how he has a bunch of intangibles necessary for an NFL quarterback, uh, but he's widely considered to be a game manager and <laughs> makes good decisions with the ball, but hasn't shown that he can make the flash plays necessary to win games huh. or move what does the that offense. sound like? And like, holy cow. <laughs> Okay. The Vikings know what they're looking for. Yeah. They didn't want, you know, Kirk Cousins, they, they pay him $30 million over the next two years, and they're ready to move on to the much cheaper same guy, Jake Browning. <laughs> okay, I, I'll say, though. As steady of a hand as ever. That there, there is a direct comparison there, but there's probably hundreds of quarterbacks at the high school, college, and NFL level that get that label of just being a game manager, has some yeah, good things sure. going yeah. for him. But, but what's, what's funny about it is, oh, my goodness, Teams like game managers, steady hands, who aren't necessarily known yeah. for making a flashy who are play, do their job. but who will most of the time make the right play. Wow, who'd have thunk that that would be in such high demand? Gosh, so you know, I just don't, I just don't get, I just don't get why people don't realize this. But we don't know if Browning is going to end up starting for Minnesota, and. Gardner Minshew, we don't know if he's going to end up starting for Jacksonville because they already found their franchise Probably quarterback in Nick Foles. So he in might fact, be another person that if he does end fact, up starting, he's in the go phone call, else. in the phone call with Doug Marone, they said, "Are you ready to compete for the backup start for the backup quarterback?" I didn't think job? that was a slight. I think that was just dumb. No, I don't think jobs. it was. Yeah, no, I think of course he's vying for the backup job. He's not competing for the starting job. Well, That's similar, even, similar, to, similar to Browning competing for a starting job, he has some uh, some losers to compete with, including Tanner Lee, uh, Cody Kessler, who's probably he's the biggest name. competing for the backup job. I know, I know. But the, the people that he's competing with are kind of... They're, 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 they're like similar to like the Sean Mannions and uh, and the the quarterbacks that are currently the backup to Kirk Cousins. Uh, there's, very, it's very possible that he can beat these guys out. Uh, yeah. Cody Kessler is the current backup right now, and he's the most experienced. He's started before. I mean, even if he doesn't make it as a backup, is there high reason to believe that Jacksonville will just keep him around on the roster, whether it's practice squad, whether it's third string, uh, because uh, Nick Foles might not pan out, right? <laughs> I mean, it's possible. I don't, I don't know exactly what they have in plan for him, in store for him, but you know, I, I think he will find a roster, a spot on a 53-man roster, similar to how Luke Falk... Well, you know, maybe it's not with the Titans. Oh, it was. It was worked. He's out hanging on by a thread Dolphins. still, right? He, now. <laughs> yes, he is. Yes, he absolutely is. Um, but I feel. I feel like that could be a similar situation for him. The, I think there were a lot of teams that really liked what Gardner Minshew brings to the table. It's just, were we willing to put a a, a draft choice on him? Uh, not maybe. Maybe not. You know, there weren't a whole lot of quarterbacks av- available, and, and if you weren't, you know really keen on him then it's like uh, you know why why throw the why throw the draft pick at him um so i think there will be i think there will be a spot for him i just you know and i think jacksonville is a good spot for him you know i th- i feel like there's a good chance that that he can he can win that backup job but you know uh, as all good things we just kind of have to wait and see get into spring camp and and see, or excuse me uh get into training camp and then and then we'll see what's up so his backfield battery mate James Williams got picked up by Kansas City yeah. as an undrafted uh, undrafted free agent, and Eric Dickerson represents James Williams, and he threw he threw the kitchen sink at Coach Leach, saying, "Thank you, Coach yeah. Leach, for taking down James Williams' draft stocks nonstop since he declared because of you, James was able to choose his dream team, the Chiefs." 
Thank you for not helping James accomplish his goal of feeding his family, who were homeless only a few years ago. Because of you, James will be a great NFL running back. Thank you for thinking this is the 1980s where players have no voice. Because of you, players will unite from Hall of Famers to top high school recruits and protest your ways, Mike Leach. We will not stand for NCAA coaches using their power to harm <laughs> the young men who are simply trying to help their families. Yeah. We're watching you, Coach Leach. It's different Bold now. Words. Bold words. That's a little harsh, man. Uh, you know, yeah, I I understand. He was going to go undrafted sides. either way. Yeah, well, I know. I know. I don't think that's what what uh, Dickerson is blaming him for. I think Actually, what it's exactly he is blaming, what he's blaming him, him for. I don't I don't think he's saying because of you he went undrafted. Um and, and that is what it kind of says in his tweet. I don't think that I feel like he was probably before that even happened, he had a pretty good idea that he was going to go undrafted where I do think he does make a point is why is Mike Leach being so ridiculously petty by tweeting you know 49 of the 144 underclassmen went undrafted like why can he not just congratulate all of his players what is the point of that what benefit does it bring to Mike Leach's life to well I think yeah and I think when when you when you think about these accusations you kind of have to go to like what are what are what are everyone's motives? What why would anyone want to make these claims? Let's go. Let's start with Leach. What is his motive to talk down a player to NFL scouts? Zero. Absolutely none. He has no reason to do it. Personal for the program. There's just zero reason to do that. But then you go to Eric Dickerson and think, what are the motives of him bashing him? Well. Really, there's not a whole lot of motive either because he's not profiting off of being. James oh, there's Williams no benefit agent. to him. He, you know, you can and you can read what what Eric Dickerson is doing for James Williams, and it is really it, quite it is interesting. interesting. Yeah, he's like funding his training is, and his yeah, and, a, and then expecting to get a you know yeah, a zero to get a percent eventually. Yeah, a zero percent uh, interest Ooh. interest rate uh, loan to James Williams to kind of get him through the the draft process until he, he like can what's start the catch here? Bills. Like, wh- where's the uh, benefit? To Dickerson for to help, helping out to, these to help players. someone to help someone who's I struggling guess. succeed, right. and I have you know we saw it with Hercules Mataafa with, with Leach not being supportive, um, and and it's it seemed that Herc was was in uh, James's camp in terms of the whole the whole incident. Yeah, he agreed with him, but James Williams. <clears throat> yeah, so you know you're trying to think of what are the motives for both both parties and you don't see any like personal motives so it's like okay why would he do this other than he then James is telling Eric Dickerson about what what has been going on what his relationship was like and and, and then he went off of that i you know i don't think that James Williams has a great relationship with with Mike Leach i don't think a lot of players have a great relationship with Mike Leach i feel like that is kind of how things work i don't you know which is interesting Obviously, because you hear the recruits and they say, "We yeah, I sat down with Leach. He told me about well, yeah, like the, I mean the, that's recruiting. The, that's the, recruiting. <laughs> how great you, talk, you, know, you go his talk to any and, yeah, that's that's an, that's a bunch of garbage. <laughs> you you talk to anyone who has been around for for three four years, who's been around the who has had a steady relationship, or or maybe lack thereof, who has had a consistent body of time to build a relationship with Mike Leach. You know, it, there are mixed reviews and. 
some people may, may may be you know nice to try and just you know they don't want uh their mixed feelings about leech in the public you, you know you don't really know but he does have this side to him where you can see that it is off-putting to his players and, and this is perhaps a result of it where you have a player who comes out and and you know you know what kind of shocks him, me? But. There hasn't been a single, like, whether it's current football player for Leach, former football player for Leach, or prospective player saying, I'm not going to go to WC because of Mike Leach, because of his politics. And, like, he's a Trump supporter. And how that yeah, might that's, piss that's, off, like, some former players or alumni or prospective players saying, there, I will not go to WSU because of that man's support for the president and yeah. stuff like that. Like, but I also that, think there's probably that happens all the time in society. It seems like well, maybe there. You know, there. I would be surprised if there are kids who feel that way who just don't come out and publicly mm-hmm. say that. Right. You know, like there's no reason to go out and because unlike you know, Mike publicly Leach, shame. Yeah, him. unlike Mike Leach, who just criticizes people with no benefit to his life. There actually is some sometimes things on the line, which is why yeah, players keep their true feelings the bottled the up. Right? Yeah. Who's doing that than there is for for Mike Leach? You know, so we need to tell you guys a really really weird WSU football arrest story. We thought oh, we were yeah. done with this. We thought it yeah, was in the right? past. <laughs> Boy, were we wrong. I mean, this is a. It's a really wacky story. So, yeah. uh, oh, Christian Hangana, Hangana, and uh, Favia, Favai, 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 Favai. Okay, so the linebacker of WCU is like second string right now. Favai, Favai. Mm. They were arrested Saturday morning, this past Saturday morning, on felony vandalism charges yes. after reportedly stomping on multiple vehicles and damaging the hoods and breaking the windshields. Now, let's start here. This past Saturday was the the spring game in which both of these guys were participating in. Mm-hmm. So these guys committed this felony. I believe it's a felony. I don't I'm not a lawyer, but it was felony charges. Yeah, the felony charges allegedly, which you know, they okay, they did it. It was that was in the reports. <laughs> so here's the thing. The they did this and then they proceeded to go play in the spring game and talk to the media and nothing came out about this at that time even though the police had already deal with them. The, no, before no, no, the game. No, 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 I think your timeline is off here. Didn't this happen after? They were arrested Saturday morning. This happened on Saturday morning. Was it not this? Was it not this Saturday? Wasn't this past Saturday? To, it oh, was, it was frick, this past dude, Saturday. Sorry, that sorry. Ah, uh, my yeah. bad, my bad. Okay, forget that. Yeah. Forget that. I, yeah. I, for some reason, I thought it was the UW spring game this past Saturday. Anyways, still, a yes. couple of dudes stomping on the car. Multiple cars in the morning. Well, what's also interesting is they, uh, a WSU soccer player. Yeah, what the hell was that about? Was involved as it, well. There was a woman soccer player. How yeah. does she fit into this? I, you know, I don't. I, I you're asking the wrong guy. <laughs> Actually, but, uh, I am asking the right guy, Jackson. You, you, well, I don't know why ask. would I, why would I know about this? I I didn't report it. I didn't do anything. <laughs> I wasn't there. Um. So only, I mean, what I'm going off of is the police report too. I'm guessing I they just, don't even know why they did it. They're not, they're not going to no, sit on I the curb like, and go, "Well, you know, we got into a fight with this guy the night before." So yeah, just, I mean, probably. I mean, let's think of what again. Let's go back to motives. Let's read the room. Why guys. would someone? Why would someone want to smash a car? For however dumb a reason it well, might be, let's say right now I'm that assuming it wasn't. There was some sort of someone pissed someone off. <laughs> someone got into a fight, 
And they were like, okay, if that's how you want to play, we're going to go out and smash your car, which is obviously so ridiculously dumb. So, so unbelievably dumb. But just the way they did it, like, I would imagine baseball bats. I would imagine that they'd be, uh, you know, doing something to, to the yeah. engine. But they yeah. stood on the car drawing as much attention to themselves as possible. I well, see this. Yeah. They damaged the hoods. Okay, I don't, I don't, I don't. They damaged First the of hoods. All, yeah. But I mean, the like. the windshields. For those who are not familiar with Christian Hangana, he is about 6'6", six, 6'5", six, six, like 350 to 360 pounds. Like this dude is without a doubt the biggest player on the Cougars <laughs> roster. Like quite arguably the biggest man on camp. Like you you just can't you can't miss him. You can't. He is the, he, probably the most identifiable. He makes Cody O'Connell look normal. Uh, no, Cody O'Connell's <laughs> bigger. But physically-wise, he is the most identifiable man, identifiable man on campus. And, you know, you you just can't expect to get away with stuff like that. And regardless if you're not the most identifiable man on campus, you can't expect to get away with it. I mean, it's just, you know. Well, here's the thing. It's sad because it, it does, it, it again, it reignites this conversation and perpetuates this image that a lot of these guys are, you know, are thugs and stuff like that. You, Mike and, Leach doesn't care about character when he recruits. And yeah, he, yeah, yeah. You know, it kind of it kind of brings that conversation back. And, and there's no question that some of these guys have shakier backgrounds. But you know, it's I personally choose to look at it as WSU is giving kids an opportunity that is that they may not be getting elsewhere elsewhere, and that WSU should be proud of that. And and the repercussions that yes you get you get situations like this where kids do stuff ridiculously ridiculously stupid <laughs> this is stuff so like stupid. this yeah. well, but well, the benefit the benefit of giving some of these kids chances and, and and being in their corner far outweighs the negatives of stories you hear like this where you know WSU leads all you know leads all, all the schools or all the schools in the country in arrests and stuff like that I, I quite frankly, I will live. I can live with that statistic as long as WSU is giving kids opportunities that 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 aren't being given to uh, given elsewhere. Yeah, not good. I'm not gonna have an at UW, but uh, the three players after they stomped out the vehicles, they left the scene and they were followed by a group of witnesses who called 911. And when they were pulled over. All three of them said we didn't do it, which I mean, yeah, that's not gonna that's not gonna work out too well for them. You know, you had the right to remain silent. Yeah. Well, the good news is that they did not break Mike Leach's three deadly sins, which is violence against women, illegal drugs, and stealing. So they are in the clear. Which I mean, is it no? Not necessarily. They, no, they could, could still be kicked off, but they're, you know, they're still you could. They're you not gonna be immediately kicked off. There's nothing that suggests that illegal drugs couldn't have been in play. You know, they Saturday been on, morning. They yeah, well, you're thinking about it, this, is, uh, this is Friday night, Saturday morning. Oh, right, so it's it's probably, been I w- yeah. for some reason, I was picturing like 9.30 a.m. They're just like, no, they're not just waking we're up back. for a hit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No. no, okay. That's yeah. pretty funny. Yeah, that actually makes sense for it being like 3 a.m. Uh, let's let's talk about the uh, quarterback competitions uh, as we you know head into the summer where they stand. Uh, one more um, time. We'll do this. Si- we're talking about quarterback <laughs> competition one more time, and then we're not talking about for it again the rest until of the fall. month. Oh, okay. Jeez, yeah. I'm so done with quarterback. <laughs> Battle talk. CBS recently came out with their top twenty-five teams, um, and they talked about the they they think the Cougars are number twenty-one. And what they said about the quarterback situation was that Garner Minshew is gone now, which means that Eastern Washington transfer Gage Gerbrud will be the latest quarterback to become a star under Mike Leach. 
And there are three possibilities for why CBS said this. They could have insider information that the general public doesn't know and they'd leaked it. Or it was laziness from the author and they didn't check if there actually was a competition going on. No. Or no, I don't and, think, and, I don't no, no, there's a third either. option. There's a third option. This is this one that I'm going with. Maybe he's just a realist and he knows Gubert is going to start week one. Just like Easton is going to start week one. Just like Christian Moore is going to start week one. Yeah. And just like Eric Barrier is going to start week one. I think option number three was a little bit closer to, to what uh, I, Dennis Dodd, I believe, is who did that. Um, I could be wrong, uh, but I'm pretty sure it's, I'm right. Here's what I think. For, these, for stories like this, you got 25 teams. You got to write a little blurb for every single one of them. <laughs> so basically you got about 100 words to summarize what you think is going to happen for WSU's season. And I think the best way to summarize it in 100 words and be accurate is assume that Gage Gubrud will win the job and lead them to similar success, similar, not higher or you know more success, similar success that Gardner Minshew had. So I think that is just... Uh, an easy storyline to pick. I think it is a likely scenario. Yep. Um, You're right. And that, so it's kind of a mixture of, or not necessarily a mix, but it is a portion of that third, uh, that third option. And then kind of the rest is just editorial uh, process where, you, you know, you gotta, you gotta have, you gotta have your point and you gotta stick with it. And that makes it concise. So, yeah, I think, you know, I don't disagree with him. If I had to put money on, I would choose Goober too. And but. only and and he and he knows the only people that are going to give a damn around the country is us. That's it. <laughs> that well, no, I think he's because people a people writer. in uh, people in Nashville, Tennessee aren't going to look at this and go, "Wait no, a second no. here, whoa, whoa, whoa." No, well, no, Anthony I think Gordon I, is also. No, they're not going to say that no, anywhere I think, else in the country except for yeah, I, us. I, on I think. The show. I think we're the only one who is telling Dennis Dodd to kind of hit the brakes yeah. a little bit. I think whereas I'm not, other you are. <laughs> who have no, yeah, who have no clue what's happening in Pullman right now in terms of the quarterback battle. All they will know about is who the winner is in the fall, and that's maybe they know who it is. So, like for people who are in Nashville, who people are in in the South, Midwest, and all that kind of stuff, who who know who WSU is and are, are willing to read a hundred words about who WSU will be in 2019. I feel like that's who it is for. And it is accurate for that, that crowd. Yeah, for, but if they you know are a diehard, if you were interesting to, interested in all the intertwinings of what's going on in the quarterback battle, it would be irresponsible to say that Gubrud has won it already because he hasn't. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah. Anthony Gordon can't be too happy about that. Uh, you know, when we were talking about WSU's spring ball game, we were kind of disappointed with the attendance. We thought that, you know, there would be, you know, potential record-breaking five figures. Well, five, you know, five numbers, 10,000 plus. Higher than 15,000, yeah. Uh, so I was absolutely shocked at the UW spring game turnout this past Saturday. I was watching some of the Which highlights. Did, how many? How many was? Like 2,000, right, Luke? Like 2,000? Oh. Like, yeah, I mean, in 2000, yeah. in that stadium looks like two. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's so yeah, I've been to a few of those, yeah. Yeah. Do you think, do you think Chris... I mean, not, it's what, it's not, what's disappointing about that? Like, you know, he is, you know, there was a time where Chris Peterson, like, lied about, they, he, like, called it a spring game, and, like, it was, like, very much a lie. What did they call it now? What was, like, the spring, spring preview. preview. Gross. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, I mean, I don't blame anyone that doesn't want to go and watch a bunch of non-contact drills. Like. It was so boring watching it on TV. I tried. I was like, this is yeah. like just like, oh, yeah. three receivers are out right now. And there's can't tell you how, like, oh. I can't tell you how many practices that I have to go. Like, <laughs> WSU practices, that for, for two hours of it, I'm sitting there. It's like, this is terrible. Like, <laughs> there's only so much you can watch of individual drills to learn and, like, you know. I mean, there is stuff you can watch, and there are things you can take away from it. But every every week, or three times a week, for for three hours, you know, it's just like this can this can be over already. Yeah. So I don't blame anyone who doesn't want to go and well, watch no, it's it. It's funny those that did go. It, it's funny, and, and this isn't a knock on Jake Hanner or Jacob Eason or, or or any of the offensive players that you dubbed, but I think that a lot of fans, at least Husky fans, would be surprised. Not necessarily surprised to see that this would be the outcome, but just how dramatic it is most days. Uh, come in and to watch the spring spring game, or just I guess another example of a spring practice, mm-hmm. and just watch the defense dominate. Like it just <laughs> it happens day in and day out. Like yeah. there, there are three days maybe in spring where the offense has like a notably better day and the rest of the time it's either like the offense and defense are pretty competitive or the defense just absolutely dominates and that's kind of what happened during the spring preview yeah do do you think that when chris peterson leads his team out into the stadium and he looks around do you think he thinks to himself this is my fault there's not a there's not a (laughs) i do not think that his eyes were ever like I think the like when he's like running out the were, tunnel, just watching like I don't think he Henry's gives a field damn. goals. You know, exa- like I don't think his eyes ever looked into the stands once. No, no. I think if he told I don't think them he there ever were twenty five thousand people there, he would be like, "Oh, really? Interesting." Yeah. He wouldn't be like, "Micah, no. you know Chris Peterson too well <laughs> to even consider that question." I just thought maybe just when he enters the stadium and he takes here's it- what here's what I will if say anything, about he just spring. Chuckles like he's just like. Yeah. <laughs> here's <laughs> what I will say about spring game, spring preview stuff. I feel there should be a strict rule that if you are above the age of 14, 14 (laughs) and, or no, 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 above 14, you should not be allowed to ask for an autograph. I saw, and I imagine there are more people like this that show up to UW Spring Game because let's face it, there really isn't much of a game to be watching. You know, you go to meet the players. There's a pretty brilliant signing period. But I saw at the WSU Spring Game a full-grown man walking around with his football trying to get every single autograph. Well, you know why? Like, he's trying to he's trying dude, to add to his collection. Dude, <laughs> stop it. Just stop it. If you have a son, if you have a niece or nephew who wants that, then let them go and yeah. get that. But you are a grown man who pays bills. Stop <laughs> asking for audit. Stop trying to get the team signed. What ball, about what about dude. just meeting the players, just talking like, "Hey, are you excited?" Like this a handshake, general interaction. Nice to meet you. Good luck this season. <laughs> I think that's appropriate. Yeah. Hey, could you take a picture with my kid? That would mean a lot. What about what about appropriate? A, what about a grown ass? Hey, man? would you hey, hey would you sign my my son or daughter's? Uh, t-shirt or ball? Big appropriate. fan. Yeah. I'm talking. Hey, <laughs> can you sign my ball, please? I'm a 45 year old who works at the <laughs> hospital. Like, I'm I'm a huge fan, dude. Go buy your season tickets and just watch the damn game. Like, you do not <laughs> need autographs for you know, just ridiculous. What, I mean, what about the grown? That's all I have to what, say. No, but, I mean, that. what about the grown ass man with no kids though? Like, he's just going by. That's even that's even worse. That's e- that's way worse. <laughs> Actually. 
Well, yes. It, no. Well, there is there there is elements that are worse. First of all, it means that you're coming to this game f- for the sole purpose to get these autographs. Usually, I guess in UW's case, you it, that it would mean that. Dude, that Goku's ball that they're auctioning off with all this autographs from all the alumni football players, that went for fifteen hundred dollars. Yeah. I mean, it, it might be a smart if business you move. want if you want to go get a, a team signed autograph ball, then you go to one of the auctions, one of the Cougar <laughs> Athletic Fund auctions, and you donate the money to go get it. You don't show up and ask for the entire, you make your, you just look like a fool. Yeah. Jackass. All right. Uh, let's get ready to wrap things up right now. All we'll the, end it on that. All the D1 spring games case. are done now. It was good while it lasted, but luckily uh, CWU plays a Saturday and it's only a 90 minute drive from Seattle. Jackson, you're going to be there, right? Of course, you know, I'm hitting it on the way back. May 4th or something like that. <laughs> Find us on Twitter and send us a tweet at Micah underscore Chen, at Luke, M-O-U-N-G-E-R, and at Jackson M. Garner. We always respond and we always enjoy interacting with you. For myself, Luke and Jackson, we are signing off. Thank you for listening.